All right, so today we're actually going to have an open service, and if you have never been to an open service, it sound, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's open for anybody to come and contribute and to share. And we are a family who believes in the priesthood of all believers. That's very biblical. It means everyone can hear from God and everyone can share what God is saying. Uh, there's a passage actually in Hebrews 5. It says, by now you should have all been teachers, but you have again someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And so I believe there's a teaching gift on every person's life. Now, some obviously have more of a gift and spiritual gifts are a whole other topic, but everybody can hear from heaven and everybody can share what heaven is showing them. Before I get into what we're going to talk about, because I am going to preach for a little bit and then I'm going to kind of put us in a a track to run on. Uh, if you don't know, we began the book of James last week, and I spoke on James chapter 1, and I really feel like the Holy Spirit is highlighting this book for our family in this season and this time. And I'm going to read the verses that we're going to look at today out of the New American Standard Bible and the Message Bible. Cool? There wasn't enough yet. So you guys need to stand up. Stand up as I read the good word to you. So I just want us to remind, remind us, guys, that this is God's word. And his word, it's greater than our experience. It's greater than what we're going through. It's greater than pop psychology, the latest influencer. It's the word of God. And so we change the word's not going to change. <laughs> so listen to James here. He says, right off the bat, said this last week too, he doesn't open up with a hug like other Bible writers. Hey, mercy, peace to you, grace. He just jumps right in to the point. And he says, consider it pure joy. Can you say pure joy? My brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Message Bible. Consider it a, a sheer gift. Can you say sheer gift? <laughs> Who uses the word sheer? Uh, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you may become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. All right, feel free to sit. Now, I could have moved on to the next verses in James, which are wonderful. Maybe we'll look at them next week. Maybe we won't. Um, about having wisdom and asking God for wisdom and God releasing faith. But I really believe that God wants to speak about trials and he wants our family to understand that trials are a normal part of the Christian life, that trials aren't going anywhere, and that you can have a perspective to get through trials in a healthy way. Throughout the Bible, from the beginning to the end, this whole book is speaking about trials and people overcoming in God. And in many ways, guys, this is the season when you think about eternity going forever, that we're learning how to look at trials and overcome trials, right? I hope there's not too many up in heaven. <laughs> and I said this again, and I'm going to repeat myself because I know some of you just need that, but 
Unless we have a paradigm of joy in trials or trials as a gift, you will go through most of your life, if not all your life, trying to avoid trials, trying to avoid anything that's challenging, hard, people that are coming at you, circumstances. You will try to get out of trials. You will see trials not from heaven, but you'll see trials as a place of only inconvenience, that they're messing up your real life. And so can this trial stop so I can get on to my real life when God's inviting you into this life with him? And the wonderful thing about trials is you're never alone in a trial. He's near to the broken heart. He saves those that are crushed in spirit. This is Emmanuel. This is the God who's with us. Paul said this, guys, Acts 14.22. Actually, Acts was written by Luke. So this actually comes, I believe, from Luke, but out of the mouth, I believe, of Jesus. It says, through many trials or tribulations, you enter the kingdom of heaven. Did we hear that? Not through some, not through a few, not just a little, but through many tribulations, we enter the kingdom of heaven. And then Jesus says in John 16, in this world, you will have tribulation, not you may or you might or possibly, you will have tribulation, but take courage. I've actually overcome this world. And I said this last week again, painting a paradigm, a worldview, if you want to say, of this world. And it's healthy to have a, an understanding of the big picture, but we must acknowledge that we're in a fallen world, right? That this world is fallen that this world is in heaven, that the Bible says you're sojourners passing through this life, alien and strangers here, and that problems are normal and spiritual warfare is very, very real. But the greater truth is this, guys. God is good, God is love, and God is faithful. And those three things in the midst of trials throughout your life will be challenged. The goodness of God, the love of the Father, and is he really faithful? Anyone out there, can I get an amen? <laughs> I like when people talk to me. Nobody chooses trials. No one is like, hey, I like to do some suffering. Some trial sounds great next week. Two weeks out, God, I'll have more time in my schedule. They just happen. They come from all sorts of sides sometimes. That whole saying, when it rains, what is it? It pours. But trials are always a greater invitation for more of God. And if you can get that, that any trial, any squeeze in your life is actually pushing you towards more of God. And so even if it's a spiritual warfare and it's the enemy, he's always taking a chance that you're going to go after Jesus more as a result of him coming at you. And it could have the effect, which it does, and I said that last week, being out here for 20 years, I've watched more people fall away from the Lord or walk away due to hard things and trials in their life. You know, I've never met somebody who found the Lord for the first time on the mountain. Think about that. Think about your own story. 
wouldn't it be so weird if someone like won the lotto? They, they got like millions of dollars and then they're like, you know what the first thing I do is? Accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Give my life to Christ. Like nobody finds Jesus on the mountain. We find him in the valleys. And I love the mountain. I'll tell you that. I love the mountain with God, but my root system has been formed in the valleys. And, I, and almost all of them, like, I didn't choose those valleys. But when I think about my life in God and I look back, I'm like, God, we built history in the valleys. We built real relationship in the valleys. I grew friendship with God because of the valleys. And when I, and when I, and I know as I'm going to get older and older, I look back with fondness on my valleys in the Lord. Now, some of you are in stuff deep right now, so it's hard for that to even, like, make sense to you. And I want to be sensitive to that because when I was being in certain, when I was in certain seasons and it was, the fire was on me and different things were happening to me, I didn't have a grid for that. A lot of you guys know this about me, that I grew up in an alcoholic home unpredictable chaos, um, 12 to 20. I was in the middle of my parents all the time breaking things up. Cops at the house often. Mom went to rehab about five, six times in that season. And I'll say this, my childhood was chaotic. But what I got out of that season, and looking back as God's walked me out, I learned love in that season. I learned forgiveness in that season. I learned things I would never know about life if I didn't go through those seasons. And I wouldn't have wished it on anyone or my kids or anyone for that matter. But if you do the work with God and you look at the things for what they are, God can take liabilities and make them into assets in your life. Only he can redeem things. It's wild how he can do that. But I feel like I would never be in ministry or pastoring or doing the life I'm living if it wasn't for what I went through and how that formed me and shaped me in different ways. Guys, I found God. <laughs> I found God because of what I had to go through in life. I'm going to paraphrase this, but Acts 17 says this, and I just encourage you to read it. It's the Sermon on Mars Hill. But he's saying here, Paul does, because he's giving a, a little sermon, but he says that God ordained the boundaries of our habitation. Basically, where would we grow up? The time we would grow up. The family you would grow up in. That perhaps, perhaps you would seek God and find him. Some of you are so bitter sometimes at your upbringing. But look, today you stand here and you love God. And maybe if you grew up in a different home, you wouldn't be loving God. And again, I'm not saying that was the will of God, how I grew up, but guess what it did? It caused me to look for God and actually find him. Come on. Guys, trials get our attention. They take us off of autopilot in life. <laughs> they can bring clarity and vision. I already said this too, but trials have a way of squeezing you. 
who knows we all need a little squeezing once in a while. Okay, some of you realize, like, yeah, you got some growing to do. I've done 20 years now with the Lord this month, sometime this month. I'm so thankful for that. Seriously, I just, like, head over heels about Jesus. More in love with him today than I was then. It's a deeper love. But I'll say this. These 20 years of, of being with God, especially in Isla Vista, starting a church, getting married, living with 20-plus people for two and a half years in Isla Vista in a frat house, being the, the house dad, the church collapsing, just problems, right-hand people walking with me, walking away. I never knew sheep would bite at you sometimes. They do. I never knew, like, friendly fire was real, some knives in the back. It is. Financial problems. One kid, two kid. God's like, you're going to grow more. Three kids, four kids, five, six. I'm going to crush you. <laughs> but the fire has been so real for me, and the squeeze of heaven has been so real but when I step back from it, and I pray this is true in your life too, it's the very thing you needed, but it's not the thing you wanted. Do you know that some trees need the stress of the storms in their life, not a storm, but storms, to actually grow properly? That there's trees, the big trees you see in the earth, they actually need that stress of the storms to help their trunk get stronger, thicker, and to last longer. Guys, the trees need the storms to grow. The trees need the storms to grow. And God his word says, first the natural, then the spiritual. And the Bible multiple times will call us trees. Psalms 1, you're a tree planted by the stream of water, yielding in growing season, yielding fruit in season, out of season. Whatever you do, you prosper. Isaiah 61 talks about you'd be an oak tree, a tree of righteousness, a planting in the Lord, that he may be glorified. Psalms 92 talks about in your old age, you'll still be bearing sap like a tree. See, guys, James was a good pastor. If we got a letter like this today, we'd be so offended. We'd be like, that's not Holy Spirit. You didn't even say like, that's hard. That's sad. You didn't even say like you would hug me later. You just went in and told me to have pure joy in the midst of my trial. Guys, these people were going through persecution and loss and uncertainty and fears and various trials. Maybe like horses were backing up like traffic too. Who knows? Various. But he doesn't say anything about that. He just jumps in and says, consider what you're facing, pure joy. He was inviting them, guys, to live at a higher place, a greater perspective, to find Jesus in a real way. 
I don't know why, but I've been to Lizard's Mouth like three times in the last month. I've probably only been there like once before that in the last like year or two. <laughs> it's amazing up there if you haven't ever been. Just like beautiful, the perspective you have. But on Friday, one of JoJo's friends, her dad said, do you want to come up there? We'll have like a laser tag like battle. Dad's first daughters. I was like, for sure. Game on. So fun. We kind of won. I mean, no, okay, she looked at me like, didn't it? It was even. It was even. Um, but JoJo's up there, and she's looking down, and she can see, like, where I live is. And she's like, Dad, did they move the oil rig closer to the shore? And then I can, like, I look at him like, it does look really close. But then I, you know, I realize we're just higher up, so it looks smaller. You know, didn't it look a lot smaller, girl? Yeah. Guys, things look smaller, problems look smaller, the higher up we get. I want to encourage you, I want to encourage myself in this. But there's a larger story going on than our own stories. We're like Frodo. We're playing a role here, guys. But our smaller story is connected to a larger story, a story of redemption, of restoration, that you can't see the end from the beginning. That's what's amazing when we read the Bible. We're like, Joseph, don't even worry. Your brother just sold you a slavery. You're going to probably die. You're fine. I already read like chapters ahead. You're good to go. Easy, dude. It's like, that's his life. He didn't know. He didn't know his whole life was going to be set up to be a blessing to nations, to people, to his own family. I mean, the stuff that David went through, he had no clue. Moses, 40 years out in the wilderness, no clue what God was going to do. And sometimes we're trying to analyze the heck out of the chapter we're in. We're just like, okay, I'm just going to research this more, look at this more, stare at this more. And God's like, you don't need to. Look at me. It's going to make sense as you look at me, as you adore me, and then I'll connect things later in life for you. I know that just spoke to someone. Get it, Lord. All right, I'm going to land it there. I want to summarize this before I open this up here. Um, trials can become joy if we see, according to this verse, that God's growing endurance being people who don't quit, and maturity, you know, inviting us out of smaller stories into a larger story. And, you know, Paul knew this, James knew this, Jesus clearly knew this, but that we could actually reframe our trials in life to help us to grow and to know God more. Come on. So I say this a lot when we do open mic, that I want us to keep it to five Bs. Be brief, baby, be brief. It's not the time for you to give the sermon you've always wanted to on trials. There may be a time for that. It's not today. And I really would ask that we would stay in two lanes because you can go way off, clearly. And those two would be, how have trials caused you to grow? How have trials helped you to know God more? Real simple, right? So how have trials in your own life helped you to grow? 
And how have they caused you actually to know God more as a result of them? Sweet. Who knows they're already supposed to come up here. All right, then get him, Holy Spirit. Clark, you're moving. Is that you coming? Sweet. All right. Cool. Um, I'll definitely keep it brief, but I think talking about trials and... Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I guess I could have just used the mic I was using, but whatever. Um, (laughs) I feel like I have a million and one things I could say about this. And so I was kind of like, as soon as Jason was reminding us about the James teaching from last week, I was like already, I felt like, well, this is obscure reference, but you know that if you ever watched SpongeBob growing up, you know that scene when he's like learning about fine dining and breathing and he has to burn everything in his mind that he remembers. And there's all like the little hymns inside his brain going through the file cabinets, throwing out the useless information. I was like going through my mental file cabinet. like, all right, God, I can already tell you want me to say something. So what is it going to be? And um, I landed on the time that I was moving into the Jesus Burgers house. Um, I'm just going to take this off because I look like a goon. But uh, when was it? 2018, I think, that I was moving into the house. I only lived there for about a year. Um, but up to that point, I had been very blessed to have a lot of support financially from my parents as I came to school and as I had housing prior to that. Um, but to keep it brief, me moving into the Jesus Burgers house was not well received. <laughs> and so I found myself for the first time uh, totally cut off and independent. And I was fully ready because I was like, God's doing this. He is giving me promises for this and I'm just going to trust him and I know it's going to work out. That said, it was so difficult. Um, when I first moved in there in July, I was jobless. I was running out of money fast. Any savings that I had was just going like down the drain, because like I needed to pay rent, needed to pay utilities. Oh, I also need to eat that too, <laughs> things like that. Um, and I got to just kind of witness, because it was basically just like, all right, God, I'm in this house though. I committed to this. This was something that you have brought me to, so I'm gonna have to stick with it. Um, but please help. <laughs> and for the first time, you hear about those testimonies about like people getting like random checks in the mail when they pray and people pray for them and they get like, oh my God, I got the exact amount. I got $5,386 in the mail from an anonymous person. I, that didn't quite happen, but I did start to find things like that where I got like a check in the mail from my uncle for some reason and it like helped me pay rent and like random people would occasionally bless me for food. And I just started to see this momentum that God would just cover the bases until I was able to get a job and support myself. Um, and then so it was a real blessing, and I got to kind of see the financial faithfulness of God. Um, and it was, it was truly a blessing. And now uh, I've had plenty of times, if you don't know this last year, I went through two jobs. It was kind of rough, kind of gnarly. Landed on one now that I've got, uh, it's looking pretty good. So, <laughs> But in that time in between, I just knew I had to draw back on those moments and say, all right, this is really tough to be in between this but I've seen God pull through for me financially, so it's going to happen. So I want to touch on one other thing, though. Through that year, living in Jesus Burgers is a really stretching thing. I was kind of in charge of Upper Room. I was playing just about every Friday. We were doing two hours straight of worship every Friday, also doing Sundays. I was also working at Handlebar. I was graduating college. I was just all, like, at the fullest play ever. I was in a relationship at the time, and it was a lot. All of it was just so exhausting. But the grace of God kind of kept me through. At the end of that year... 
all totally just got completely taken from me. Relationship didn't work out. Lost my, or didn't lose my job, but I left my job at Handlebar. Um, didn't really feel like I had a purpose without living in Jesus Burgers. I was like moving into an apartment with a couple of the guys in our community. And I was like, I don't know. I had such a clear vision for, because when you're in the house, it's like, well, I've, I know at least my purpose is to serve the city on Friday nights. So without that, I was just like, I don't know who I am. I feel like I'm failing right now. I felt like a complete, utter failure. And so coming out of, coming into all that, I just remember going towards God and just feeling this like awful, like agony for all this stuff that just completely fell apart. And just coming to God and being like, all right, God, I can see the places where I think this is my fault. I know that there are things I did really well. There are things that I did right that got me through that, but I can see some of the choices that I made that probably led to this and why I feel this way and why this is so agonizing. So God, I'm ready to start the process where you're gonna teach me what I did wrong and you're gonna correct my heart. And I'm gonna learn from that. And God's response to me was, actually, you did everything really, really well. And these are things that you're gonna hold on to for the rest of your life. And I want you to carry the things that I'm gonna point out to you right now that you did well, carry that for the rest of your life. Not once did he take a second to say, yeah, you're right, let's, let's go into that, let's dig into that, let's retrospect and see where you messed up. And it was a really amazing opportunity to go through that trial, but to be met with the kindness of God and to know his heart deeper to go, wow, just because I feel this way and think this way, actually God's thinking a different way, which is that he's still proud of me. And there's things that he, are from him that he wants to carry for me, that maybe I'm not a failure, maybe I'm actually, I'm still who he says that I am. And so, yeah, I'll just kind of leave it at that. But it, it really is true. Consider it all joy that you come through these trials and these sufferings because it's so many numerous opportunities to know a different part of the heart of God. Um, a, a line that came in, I'm going to try and write a song about this, but when you were saying, my roots are in the valley. I love the mountain, but my roots are in the valley. And I was like, yeah, our roots are in the valley. I want to be a tree that's as tall, if not taller than the mountain. And I think that's what God has for us. And last nugget, this is from the book Rooted, which you should definitely read if you're struggling with the process. But something that Banning Liebscher says is, you know what, never mind, I forgot. <laughs> All right, God, read the book Rooted. <laughs> He'll tell you if that's for you. Anyways, praise God. Um, you heard that we were going to Haiti. Um, I want to be really brief. It's a, we've got loads and lots of stories. Um, where we go to, there's they live basically in one trial all their lives. Um, so I just want to tell you something that happened. We, when we first went there um, about 12 years ago, we went with a whole bunch of pastors from England because a really good friend of ours, um, there's a couple who, all these charities in England, and she had read a story about the women's prison in Port-au-Prince, um, how... Um, They've broken the Geneva Convention and all that because there's something like 16 women in a, in a room with four beds, uh, two bunk beds either size, and basically every single space is taken up by these women in, in prison. A lot of them are in prison because um, uh, for very minor things, they end up there for years and years. And um, we went out with all these pastors one time, and we were just blown away by this prison. I remember we had this bodyguard with us who had a skin tight, it was massive, it was a skin tight, uh, shirt on and everything and uh, we came to the entrance of the prison and the prison guys um, mentioned something in Creole about guns and this 
guy with this, like almost like a tight over his body, brought out a couple of guns and put them on the floor. We didn't even know he was carrying guns. We went into the prison, and um, they all were prepared to meet us, and they're all in this courtyard, and there's these walls like really, really high, with people walking around the top, and we're in this courtyard with all these women, and some of them look pretty scary. Um, there's probably about 200, 300 of them piled into this courtyard, and um, one of the pastors there, a big speaker in England, started speaking to them about Jesus. And it turns out that probably half of the women there were Christian. And um, so we started, um, at the end of his speak, we started, um, 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 we, after he'd spoken, we started worshipping. And these girls just absolutely were lifting God up. There was tears in their eyes. They were singing an old hymn. And they were just, it, I remember it just like broke my heart. I mean, Haiti, there's, um, on the island where we go to, um, there's uh, kids, uh, there's 30% of kids don't reach the age of six, something ridiculous like that. The life expectancy is 35. So they're constantly in trials. They live in holes in the ground. Um, it's so impoverished. I mean, they, the third, the Haiti is supposed to be the third most impoverished place, worst place in the world. And uh, they say that where we're going to, Port of, uh, Laganaf is the island we're going to. They say it's the slums of Haiti. And we're going to visit the slums on the slums. We call it the slums of the slums of the slums. So these people like are in perpetual trials. And there's these women there in this prison, the prison on an island like that, worshipping God with tears pouring down their eyes. And we had these um, little bags made up um, of all sanitary wear and toothpaste and stuff like that. And uh, we somehow someone had... Uh, worked out how many packages there were, something like 250 or 300. Each woman gets one. And there was a, a little break in the wall and all the women queued up in the other courtyard. And as they came through, we had a line of us, about seven or eight of us, giving them these bags, of these sanitary stuff and everything. And um, someone said that they counted the count wrong. So it was about 50 short. So we're standing there, we're praying, and we're thinking, oh my goodness, this is terrible. Some are going to go away without bags. Some women came through, and a couple of women grabbed about two or three bags and ran off. So there was even less bags. And um, all 250, 300 women came through, all got bags. Some took three or four bags. And we looked through, and there's a whole pile of bags left over. And it was just so exciting to see this. you know. And these are women, and they were so excited getting this stuff. I mean... We're excited when we get a new car, when we get a new house. They're excited getting a little bag of sanitary wear and stuff like that. And their life is just like, oh my goodness. So I'm really excited that Meredith, JL and Jonathan are coming with us. They're going to be blown away when they see what we've seen over the last 10, 15 years. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Okay. I am literally shivering, so if I start chattering, you know why. Um, yeah, so I think, let me get my thoughts real quick. Um, trials are really sucky, but also, like, I think it's really important not to waste your trials. Like, it's really important because, um, especially when it's God bringing you into it, because, you know, it's not just a trial for trial's sake. It's like you're going somewhere. And um, I think some like, I don't really want to dive into, like, my own life, but, like, Definitely been through some trials um, the past few years. And I think the biggest thing out of that is just realizing that, like, your pain and what you go through is a doorway and is a place to, like, 
is a pathway into heaven. It is a doorway into his presence. And in all of that, like, in that humbling process, I think what Jay is saying, like, you know, you don't find, like, the guy that gets to the mountaintop of life doesn't go, like, yes, I'm finally going to give my life to God. It's like, you know, it's actually in the valley where the water's flowing, you know, at the lowest places that you actually discover who you are and who God is. Um, And I think the main thing that I actually wanted to talk about was when you're in those places, I think it's really cool, like, or it's really crazy to look at what happened with um, the Israelites coming out of Egypt, right? Like their process is going from bondage and slavery to a promised land. Um, but then through like, ha- like the journey there was through trials, was through the desert. Um, and the biggest thing I-, I-, I think I've learned when going through trials is realizing like you- if you want to stay in your trial, just complain about it more. Like if you want to stay there, then keep complaining because like you still have Egypt in you. And I think like you need to, once you embrace like, okay, like I need to go through this and I'm trusting God and I'm not going to like, like wish I was going back. I'm not going to go back to Egypt where I had, at least I had like a roof over my head, you know, like, or at least I had this, like there's, there's Egypt to get, come out of all of us, you know, and like, that's what the Lord's doing in all of our lives. Um, so my encouragement, yeah, just don't complain about it. Just say yes and get on the floor, doors on the floor, you know? So like, just get down there and just like, worship because that's the that's the stuff that turns your heart gold and um you know takes you on to the next thing so also i'm just gonna say this too this is like something i was in my car i was like oh my gosh we're gonna have an open mic thing because like in my car and this is something i've been feeling for the past two weeks but started realizing was like and i've talked to a couple people here but i really feel like the lord's starting to do something like i really feel a shift has happened in the spirit over the past like week or two and i really feel like the lord is aligning people like right now and I feel like there's a a lightness that happened I think there's a lot of heaviness going on in people's hearts and I feel like the Lord is actually um, lifting so much of that and and I feel like it's just a clarity and alignment happening I know that sounds generic but I really believe that's happening and I think a lot of you're nodding your head like you've you felt that too and anyone I've talked to is like been like yeah I've been feeling that too like shift and I really just feel like there's a thinness going on right now there's a real thin space Um, so I said a lot but bless you guys Hello. Um, I want to add on because I was feeling like a very similar thing to Joey, which was that just like don't just go through the trial for the trial's sake, but get something out of it, grow. And so I wanted to add like a specific like example in my life recently was when I was home, like there was some family drama and just seeing, um, I guess my point is to get like in the midst of the trial, be open to rebuke and like humble yourself so that you can get something out of it and not just go through it because like you're already in it like get something out of it and I saw like family drama where kind of one person was hurt by the other person and the person tried to respond by like having a confrontational conversation and like call them out for the things they had done and that kind of just led to tears and like a lot of like maybe they kind of felt attacked and maybe it wasn't done in the best way and then kind of like the family members like separated and went different ways Um, and it was just a bummer to see, like, maybe, you know, and then whatever. So I come back to the person and their response was like, you know, that was hard, but like, I just need to stand tall and turn the other cheek and, um, you know, just continue, you know, doing what I'm doing. And it wasn't really the time to have like a conversation because of all the emotions. But in my mind, I was like, I don't think so. Like, actually, I think this is a time Like, you probably need to humble yourself and think that, like, there's a reason why that person is hurt. And, like, maybe they didn't say it in the best way, but, like, humble yourself. Like, think, like, 
like that was a trial and it sucked to feel attacked but like had she been willing to like actually accept what the person was saying actually think about your own actions like you could grow come out of it and like walk away more in line with like what Jesus wants for your life um so yeah I think just sometimes like be willing to be humble and that allows you to actually get something out of the trial rather than just go through it and um get nothing out of it so yeah hey guys um yeah um yeah so I was just thinking um yeah, just trying to get my hair right, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was just thinking, like, when Jason was talking about trials and stuff like that, um, I was, like, I don't know, been kind of, like, meditating on those verses throughout this week, and um, I just went home this last weekend. Like, I just came home. I got home at 3.45 um, for church, and I was, like, I don't know. I went home and I was like hanging out with my friends and stuff like that. And um, I kind of got really, um, I got really sad like hanging out with my friends because a lot of them have like just like, they're like my, my Christian friends back home. And um, I don't know, like a lot of them have just been like kind of like getting into partying a bunch and like hooking up with girls and. Um, I don't know, I was, like, I hung out with them, um, on, like, last night and the night before, and I was, like, dude, like, I just went home both nights, like, I was having a fun time with them all there, but I went home both nights feeling, like, oh, like, I'm just bummed, like, I don't know, like, I'm planning on moving home in, like, June, um, so goodbye, but, um, <laughs> um but I don't know, like, or July or whatever, but I was, um, I was just thinking, I'm like, yeah, like, I'm so stoked. Like, I've always been, like, um, had a really good community leaving home and coming here. And um, I was like, yeah, like, I have a good community going back to, like, a strong community to, like, that we could, like, sharpen each other's iron, you know? And I think, like, going back, it just made me really sad. And I was like, oh, shoot, like, my friends are struggling right now. Like, they are, like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And I don't know, I just felt like really sad. And then um, on the drive back here and like even like coming to church tonight and just like worshiping, I feel like God started to remind me um, that he's like, I don't know, I just started feeling like, I was already feeling kind of like sad. Um, I'm just like looking to the future and stuff like that. of like, oh, what is this gonna be like? But then when God started, like, when I was worshiping, I feel like God was just reminding me, and he was, like, I don't know, I just started feeling really, really happy and, like, really joyful. And I was, like, dude, like, and then that verse started, like, those verses, the ones that you just read a little while ago, um, started kind of, like, popping in my mind, and he's, like, consider these trials joy. And I don't know, I just started feeling, like, really stoked, and I'm, like, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know how to, like, explain it, but I just, I got really happy. And um, I feel like God was just saying, like, over that, he's like, you, like, he's like, you don't even know. Like, when you came to Isla Vista, you knew nobody. And he's like, I've blessed you with so many friends. And he's like, don't even, like, question, like, what your friends are going to be like when you get back home. He's like, I have that all planned for you. Like, I don't know. And he's like, consider, like, even this trial, like, consider it joy, you know. I was just, like, getting super stoked. So, I don't know. That was kind of a, like a recent one, and I'm like, 
uh, I don't I don't know, I'm really stoked. So yeah. Yeah. Hi guys. Ooh, it's very loud up here. <laughs> um <laughs> my name's Brianna and the Lord was just um just stirring my heart to speak and um I've been through a quite a few trials. <laughs> Last year, my mom died like very suddenly. And that's probably the one where I say it and people are like, oh yeah, that's really hard. So <laughs> I'll leave that one at that. But something that God like showed me was that he actually like walks us hand in hand, like through our deserts and through our valleys. And like something that I think is like a lie that a lot of Christians believe is like when we walk through hard things is that God leaves us. And it's like God forsaking us and God saying, you know what? Screw you. You're the worst. <laughs> but like God's never like that. Like God's the God that like walks us hand in hand through every moment and through every disappointment. And I think like where I've like can grow in those moments and like where I've seen like God show me so much grace is when I haven't shown myself grace where I've been like, oh, like this was really painful and really hard and then like put it on myself and feel bad about myself and be like, oh, dang it, I'm the worst. I like let this horrible thing happen and God's never, God's always like, I think you're doing a lot better than you think. And like, I've never found God to be an angry God. I've always found him to be a God who's so proud and so loving in every moment. And in every situation that I feel like I've messed up, he's always been like, actually, I think you're amazing. And so, yeah, that's it. I'm supposed to use the hand sanitizer, my bad. I just want to just honor Rihanna for how she's walked through this with her mom. I tell you, you've encouraged me so much this year, more than you'll ever know, watching you live this out. And everyone who is struggling with a loss or disappointment, I just want to ask you to stand right now. No one needs to ask you about it, but I want Rihanna to pray over you. So just stand up if you got some serious disappointment or loss in your life. Um, yeah, Holy Spirit, um, we just welcome you here. Um, just thank you that that you are so good and that you are so kind and that you've been so faithful to lead me. And so I just pray that your faithfulness just surrounds these people right now, that your faithfulness like a shield comes around these people and that they are given courage and strength to believe that you are exactly who you say that you are, that that you never change, God, that you are the same God that led the Israelites through the Red Sea, that you are the same God who will lead them through their Red Seas, Father. And so I just pray for peace and for strength over them, that, Lord, that you would meet them in their brokenness, that you would show them that you are a God who loves. And that is the best thing that you are, that you love and that you fill us just the way that you are, just the way that we are. You just open yourself up and you fill us and you hold us. So I just pray that you give each person just a hug in this moment, that as they're standing here, as they're standing, being vulnerable and choosing to let you know and let others know that they're in pain, would you just come and give them a hug? Would you wrap them up in your loving arms? In Jesus' name. And if anyone around them wants to give them a hug or they would feel comfortable with that or they live in the same house as them, give them a hug. <laughs> Amen. Hi guys, my name is Rachel, for those I have not met. Um, I also have been through many, many trials in my life. Um, and I was just sitting here and I was just asking the Lord, like, what is something here in this conversation that you don't want us to walk away, like not touching on? And I really just felt this heavy impression that the Lord was like, 
like remind them of my character. Um, and I just felt like I heard the Lord saying like, and, and this is really also just super personal to what I'm walking through right now and the revelations I'm having. Um, and I felt like the Lord was just saying like in the trials, like don't negate your humanity. I think it's really like easy to veer on the side of like, oh, God sucks and he's punishing me and he hates me and he's angry at me or just being like, okay, well, I love God and it's good. And like, I'm going to get through it and like, let's count it all joy. And then we take it like too much to the extreme of like completely neglecting the humanity of pain and trial and like completely neglecting the fact that like Jesus literally walked through like the greatest pain that anyone could because he took all of the punishment that existed before him and existed after him and he completely wiped it off of the face of existence and so he took on like the greatest thing and I felt like the Lord is just saying like let's remember like to not negate our humanity and to remember like in the moments when something is a trial. And also let me just say like none of us have, I, <laughs> I just felt this, like none of us have the permission to look at someone else and say your trial is not valid or not important because everyone's walking through something different. And so just like, I just felt like that, <laughs> just that <laughs> reminder of like everyone's trial is valid for where they are in their journey with the Lord because none of us know fully where we have all been and what we've walked through and the revelations we've had with Jesus in the secret place. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know where that came from, the Lord. Um, but I also just on top of it, like just really felt like the Lord, like along the lines of that was also just saying like in the vein of like embracing humanity, like in the moments where things are painful and like we're in a trial, like instead of, you know, the, oh, God's angry at me, or I hate him, or, you know, instead of being like, okay, I'm just gonna go happy, be lucky, like, remembering that, like, the very beginning, like, in the very beginning in the garden, like, the whole reason that sin came into existence is because we, like, we as a people, like, humanity believed a lie that, like, if we... <laughs> If we obey God, he's still going to withhold from us. Like, that's the lie that the enemy put before us. Um, and so, like, sin, like, like we're not, like, a trial is not permission to, like, hate the physical or to hate humanity. And so, like, in that moment, remembering, like, okay, the character of God is that he's kind. Like what Brie was saying, he's kind, he's not angry, he's not going to punish us because that doesn't exist. So instead of getting angry or just being in denial, let's remember, like, okay, God, like, your character, like, I can't doubt you when I know your character. So in this moment of extreme pain and, like, frustration or confusion or, like, whatever, we're feeling like this is the opportunity to just sit down and be like okay God when I know your character I'm not going to doubt your motives so how can you walk like and I like that's what Bree's saying like when we're walking hand in hand through the valleys like that's the process of what's going on in the head and heart is being immediately going to like God okay like remind me of your character so I don't doubt your motives because I know that who you are is not punishing me right now um and that has been a game changer in my journey and in my process. And that doesn't mean that we don't have moments where we're like, Wah! you know, I do it all the time. But like we come back to like, God, I know that your character is to love me and to celebrate me. Like that is who you are. Um, and that has just radically changed like my journey with walking through trials and has taught me how to see the bigger picture and has taught me to have joy um, and to even just continue to love people in a trial. 
because um, I think it's really also easy for the world to just say that like when we're struggling that we just can't love people and we can't love ourselves and that's not true like we totally can like God gives us the grace so anyway I just wanted to share that and bless you guys <laughs> hi guys my name is Jonathan um so there's two trials that I was thinking of you know there's the the trial that you kind of get blindsided by where you're innocent and the Lord kind of just allows something to come and take you for a loop. Um, and then there's a trial that's really kind of like of your own doing. Sometimes the character of the Lord is one where you may have sinned or, or have something that you, you got to work out with him. And, uh, and he's not going to let you free of it. You know, he's, he's your dad and, and he's got to sometimes make you walk through it a little bit. And I had uh, an experience uh, like that, you know, having to do a brief uh, bid in prison and uh, being taken away from my wife and children for a little while. And um, it was, it was, you know, tempting to, to want to um, feel bad for myself or just feel bad for my family. Why, why, why would you, why would you do that to them? God, couldn't you just, you know, save it for just me or couldn't you just spare me and um you know god i'd already i'd already uh <laughs> it was actually almost six years after the fact that i wound up having to go go uh so you know god i'd already been through so much uh uh you know uh aren't i forgiven already <laughs> and and the lord said no i'm sorry i got to do this um and i realized through that process uh, a little bit more clearly when the Bible, uh, I think it's in Hebrews where it says, we run the race with patience, laying aside every weight, looking under Jesus, that it felt like I'm in this this long race, this marathon, and I'm pushing harder to try to come to the grace of the Lord, and that he had to bring me there to break off that weight. And I started to realize that, like, throughout my youth, throughout anybody's youth, and as they walk with the Lord, that either either lack of experience or sinfulness is, is a weight that he's helping you work off as you run. And then you start to realize that it's not you running a marathon under your own strength, but that he's teaching you to break those things off because he's pulling you to him. You're not, you're not on your own, you know, like uh, you're getting chased by your own past and your own sin, hoping someday you cross the finish line by God's grace and just barely drag yourself across it. But it's an inevitable end because his son paid the price that already said, hey, I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. I'm pulling you to me. I'm just helping you break the things off that are making it drag so long, you know? And, and, and so he... he converted that experience to one that's joyfulness that I know I've been strengthened I've been kind of pared down and there's less that's going to hold me back from him and uh and I can honestly say that I you know came out of it happier and more whole and closer to the Lord and knowing more about his grace and his mercy uh than feeling broken down and beaten down and uh and I don't think that's because I'm special I think that's something that you know he extends to all of us so I encourage you to look at the Lord in the same fashion. Hi guys, I'm Sarah. How's it going? 
Um, okay, so today I was reading um, about David and Goliath. You know that classic story. It's like not, you know, we all know it. Um, and I, I don't know why, but it was just like highlighted. Like God's like, remember this. I'm like, what? Are you gonna show me something? What? Like, what's what's going on with this story? Like, why am I reading this? And he's like, just dog ear that in your brain. Just remember this. I was like, okay. So I was sitting there, and God just like, all right. Um, you know, David. He he goes into the camp with all the Israelites and the Philistines, and and he sees Goliath. You know, that's like the ultimate, the ultimate challenge. He's standing there right in front of him, like taunting everyone and everyone's scared and running away ah this big guy and and he's like oh man that's just one guy and David knows you know he's got God on his side and he's like oh I can I can beat this dude like he just knows he's like filled with the confidence of God and he's like I can I can do this and his brother and all all his brothers are like Oh man, like why are you here? You're just here to watch this bloodbath and they were like criticizing him and and that was another challenge and then but that didn't like alter his decision and then like he's like I could do this and he's like filled with this like with like this idea. And um then you know like Saul finds out and is like, "Oh, this my my heart player wants to like kill this guy. Cool. Okay. I'm I can back with that." <laughs> and um and then he tries to like give David his armor and this whole get up and and God was showing me like yeah that get up that that didn't fit on David because that was like that was like self defense that was uh, you know it could it could be, could have been the armor of like bitterness or of um you know like when a trial hits you it's like it's like oh you want to guard yourself with um justification or um you know, all of these things, like self-pity, wallowing, all of that. And you want to, like, kind of guard yourself and put up these shields and helmets. And David's like, no, I don't need that. And he, like, denies it. And he walks and he goes to the little creek and he, and he grabs five pebbles. Like, if it was me, I would be filling my shepherd's pouch with, like, 50. But he just grabbed five. <laughs> and he had that much confidence. And he walks up to this big guy and of course everyone knows this and he kills him and grabs Goliath's sword and cuts off his head with his own sword it's not it wasn't his sword he just had the trust of God and yeah and that's it so when when trials come just know like God has everything you need to win this and it's possible and just yeah trust in that that's it Well, Father, we just want to say thank you. God, thank you that your word says you've loved us with an everlasting love. Therefore, you drew us with loving kindness. Release a grace, Holy Spirit, over all of us this week to turn our eyes to Jesus, to see you. God, we just say thank you for the cross, God. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for love. Thank you for compassion. God, we bless our city in Jesus' name. God, we just say, just move 
through the streets of Isla Vista, opening up hearts, God, that sons and daughters would come home this year. We love you, God. And all God's people said, Amen.